Hi, I'm Luann Botta, and I'm Marianne Crum. You know, lots of things may be in short supply these days, but hope doesn't have to be one of them. Join us for the next 30 minutes or so, and we'll remind you how you can live with unquenchable hope. Hi, everybody. By the time you're hearing this, it's going to be really close to Christmas. Yeah, it is. <laughs> and so we've been talking in the last couple of episodes about different aspects of the season and mm. how it can feel like the best of times and the worst of times. Yep. And Luann gave us some really practical ways to fight hopelessness mm-hmm. during the holidays. And, and honestly, everybody... It's a mixed bag. It is. I mean, there's mm-hmm. a lot of emotion. There's just a lot of emotion. I think because it's built up so much. Yeah. And it kind of shines a spotlight sometimes on things or it can mm-hmm. that we don't have instead <laughs> yeah. of looking at what we do have, right. which was my message three or four weeks ago. Whenever I flew this plane solo oh. because <laughs> Luann had parachuted out for a week, <laughs> I talked about expectations yes. and what yeah. we focus okay, on yeah. there. But looking at Christmas-related things, one of the things that I really started noticing more, partly because a sermon at church prompted this, were some of the main characters of the Christmas story and how we've already talked about the 400 years of silence yes, from the Old Testament to when John the Baptist was born. Mm -hmm. And the story of Zacharias... Zachariah. Zachariah. I can't get this guy's name <laughs> right. Y'all, I apologize because I called him everything yeah. from Zechariah to Zacharias, I think, and it's Zachariah. 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 Okay. And Elizabeth. <laughs> I referred to them as sort of the forgotten people oh, yeah. uh, of the Christmas mm-hmm. story, and they really weren't part of the Christmas story, Christmas story, but they were very important because yeah. it was the birth of John, mm-hmm. the miraculous birth of John the Baptist, that broke the silence yes. of the 400 years and and got people prepared for Mm -hmm. the coming of Christ, the birth of Christ. If I could just add, when Elizabeth was so torn that she never had children, Mm -hmm. look what God was waiting to do. Yes. I mean, they had no idea. Mm -hmm. They just thought they'd be childless the rest of their lives. Mm -hmm. And the Lord was like, yeah, I got something in store for you, but I just want you to have one child and I want him to be the forerunner of the And what a kid. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And I want him to be the forerunner. So we never know. I have to remind myself of that very story and that very incident when we're like, God, you know, you forgot. How did you forget? You forgot this in my life. Mm-hmm. How how could that possibly be? Where, mm-hmm. What happened? And he could easily be conjuring up something that we have no idea and allow yeah. us to be a part of a story. We're all part of a story, obviously. We're all part of his story. Right. He's already written it out for us, and mm-hmm. we're already part of a story. But that, to me, always took my breath away, almost, to say. They had no idea. And no. she was feeling what culture was making her feel. Disa- a lot of disappointment. A lot of disappointment and a lot Shame. of like nobody. Sure, yeah. I, I know I can't have kids. I, I couldn't give him a son. Yeah. yeah. I'm sorry. I no, no, a, that's fine. No, but when I was looking at Zachariah and Elizabeth and Mary and Joseph, what was their character like? Why, mm-hmm. why did God pick them? Mm-hmm. Because they seemed very unlikely. We talked about this a couple of weeks ago with Zachariah and Elizabeth. You had two very old people. <laughs> yes. 
<laughs> Why would he pick them? Why would he pick senior citizens to have this amazing John the Baptist baby, yes. the forerunner of Christ? And I read this scripture before, but I'm going to read it again. This is what in the Word it says about Zechariah and Elizabeth. They were both righteous in the mm-hmm. sight of God walking blamelessly in all the commandments and requirements of the Lord. So again, they were still in that 400-year silent time, you know, when people were Mm -hmm. wandering far from God and the nation of Israel Mm -hmm. had gotten pretty messed up. Mm -hmm. And yet they maintained their faith in God through all of that. When Gabriel came to Mary, who was, most people figure she was kind of a young teenager. Mm -hmm. And what Gabriel said to her was, greetings, favored one, the Lord is with you. And I'm sure she's thinking, how come I'm the favored one? (laughs) You know, she was just from this little village in the middle of nowhere. Mm -hmm. And yet God saw her. Mm -hmm. He saw something in her character that he could entrust her with this amazing thing. Isn't it good that he didn't say, oh, perfect one? She mm-hmm. wasn't perfect. She was favored. That's right. There's a difference. She, he knew that she was going to have to endure shame. He could entrust her. Gonna and you it. wonder, how did she get that way? Yeah. You know, yeah. at such a young age, how mm-hmm. did she have that thing that God knew that yeah. he, he could entrust her? Okay. With Joseph, you know, it's, there's not a lot about Joseph Mm-mm. in the scripture, Mm-mm. but in Matthew, it says that he was faithful to the law. And so that shows that he walked in obedience mm-hmm. as well. And you can also tell by looking at his actions through the early part of Jesus's life mm-hmm. that he was an obedient believer. Man. Mm-hmm. And yeah, and a man. And you can tell that he was kind because he did marry mm-hmm. Mary mm-hmm. and he didn't have to. He could have divorced her, right. their equivalent of divorce when mm-hmm. they were engaged and when she turned up pregnant. And that he was self-sacrificing. You know, when the angel told them to take young Jesus to Egypt mm-hmm. because Herod was after him, mm-hmm. he just... Gathered him up and went, left his whole life. So there were a lot of good qualities about Joseph. A couple of other lesser known characters that they aren't directly part of the Christmas story, but fascinate me are Anna and Simeon. Oh, yeah. Who were two older people that were just in the temple all the time. Mm -hmm. Simeon, when they brought Jesus to be dedicated, I guess, at at eight days old, according to the Jewish law, Mm -hmm. Simeon launched into this awesome prophecy Mm -hmm. about him. He said he'd been waiting waiting. his whole life. He's like, now I can die. (laughs) I've seen the Messiah. I can die now. There's a lot of really cool supernatural stuff. Anna was a widow. She'd been widowed for many, 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 yes, many years. Mm-hmm. And so she was in the temple day and night. I don't even know what that means. Like, did she have a tent <laughs> pitched in there? I, 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 I don't know. know. But she also was just mm-hmm. waiting mm-hmm. for the arrival of this Messiah. And that is an incredible faith. That is huge. So it all reminded that. me of the verse in 2 Chronicles 16, 9, which says that the eyes of the Lord mm. move to and fro throughout the earth that he may strongly support those whose heart is completely his. That's, that's good. So I think when he looked down and he saw all these people that I've mentioned, he saw that these were people whose hearts were his. That's right. And that he could use them. And I believe he can find that Today as well. Yes, that's what that, yeah, which was the reason why I'm even talking about this. Even as we get caught up in the hoopla of Christmas Mm -hmm. and all the stuff, it's important to just sit and really think about am I the kind of person God could entrust Mm -hmm. something? Not that we'll have a mission like that. We're not going to birth a Messiah, and yet 
we're called to that same level of devotion and And trust. I want to be the kind of person that as his eyes are roaming to and fro around the earth, he's like, ah, there's one. There's one right there. Yeah. No, I love the word favor. Yes. You know, so I always ask the Lord to have favor on circumstances, favor in situations. He gave favor to her. There's nothing about her growing up years. Not right. like not like what we know as far as uh, Esther is concerned. We know Esther, where she came from, parents mm-hmm. died, living with her uncle. Mm-hmm. You know, we knew mm-hmm. all those things. We don't know that about Mary. And yeah. so I think that's that's really good. But at any point, even if we're <clears throat> feeling like up till now in our lives, maybe we haven't been that kind of person, all we have to do is just repent, mm-hmm. start again. <clears throat> and we I think be yes. that person. Yes. And I think when we also think that maybe God doesn't see us. Exactly. No, that's not true. Yeah. Look how he saw. He saw her. He he knew her. These, he knows these us. These were people whose lives we assume were very normal and mundane. Yes. And then I, boom. Yeah. These incredible. God stuff knew I happening. couldn't live in those days. I, I can't handle dirt. <laughs> me either. <laughs> I'd no. rather be wrinkled some, than dirty. I need some, <laughs> I need me some indoor plumbing. <laughs> but no, but you're right. That's exactly right. They were just like us. I think any of our stories could be you know, something in the scriptures that people would say, wow, that, that was that would be really good to be, hold on that long or to wait that long or to have that kind of favor with mm-hmm. God. So many people, we could go around with a microphone and a group of 10 people and everybody has a good story. That's right. Of the faithfulness of God in the time of darkness. Because you're right. I never thought about this. And that, that was so preached. That could actually be an entire message about those 400 years of silence. These people were living in that. At least Elizabeth and Zechariah. Yeah, they were old like that. They were definitely in there. And then, well, yeah, Mary's 12. I mean, that's still 12 years of darkness, Mm -hmm. or 8, 10. I mean, yeah, 12, obviously. Yeah, because John the Baptist wasn't that much older than Jesus, right? No, because Elizabeth was pregnant when Mary walked in. So six months pregnant. So, Mm -hmm. yeah. Yeah, I just think that I need to remember that. That's exactly what we're in. We're in a time, truly we are, but there's so much hope because we know more than they know. I mean, they had all the prophets and they had all of those still that they were holding on to. When but we're they were under the law and we've been adopted. That's exactly right. We're not under sons and daughters. Right. We've been set free of yeah. sin and, and death in the grave. Mm-hmm. I mean, we've been set free of it all. And so we, we got a lot different. That's why sometimes... When we see a callous Christianity in America, if it's like callous or it's like, I've heard that before and bored with it. Wow, man. I remember telling students all the time, when you start feeling like this is boring to you, you better take a step back because what is more exciting? Yeah. What have you placed in your life that's more than understanding that the God of the universe can talk to you. Yes, and sees you and, and sees has a you plan. And knows where you are, and he's good. I mean, look at these stories. Gabriel came to Mary and to Zechariah. Mm-hmm. He didn't the, get much more exciting than that, well, but yeah. they were just normal people. <laughs> yeah. So we never yeah. know what God might do. No, right. I mean, Gabriel's going to announce the, the coming of Christ, too. He's the announcer. He's the one. Anytime you see Gabriel, he was announcing. Mm-hmm. And he'll be there with the trumpet. And I yeah. think in pulling this whole thing together and, and finishing this off and talking about hope and these people that lived in that time, we're remembering them. Mm-hmm. And that's the coolest thing. We're remembering their stories and we're speaking their stories out to say that there is hope in the midst of unrest that we're all kind of dealing with and the chaos and the uncertainty. I always have to have my ducks in a row. And you don't feel secure sometimes when you don't know all the answers. Yeah. But that's where for 
whatever reason and to whatever stage we're all going through, there's a faith that must come from us. It, yeah. We have to have a resting faith and, and not we, a perfect faith. And while we don't always know, well, we rarely know exactly specifically how God's going to work different things out, whether yeah. just in our own lives or in our nation or whatever mm-hmm. you're talking about. Mm-hmm. We do have a ton of promises that we know right. that he's promised to work all things together for our yeah, good, right. that he'll supply all of our needs mm-hmm. according to his riches mm-hmm. and glory. There are so many promises. Last week, you, you mentioned um, the importance of reminding ourselves of his word. Well, yes. those are the kind of things That's that right. literally I have thought about Philippians 4.19 so many times when I'm thinking about the economy. Mm-hmm. And and yet, you know, I know that promise is That's real. Right. And so mm-hmm. I literally cannot get into fear in that area right. because I know mm-hmm. God has been so faithful and he'll continue to do that. That's right. That promise is rock solid. That's exactly right. You know, it's so funny. Last, <laughs> I think it was last week, I've been rattling off scriptures left and right, mm-hmm. like in the morning or something. I uh-huh. just go at it. And they just come start <laughs> to yourself. Yeah. Like and out I, loud? I'll say it out loud and I'll just be saying them out loud. And I'm like, wow, they were just coming out of my mouth. That's and great so, though. Yeah, no, I know. I was because like, okay, you took this the is time to put them in there. Well, yeah, yeah. That's yeah. the training process. Yeah. And that's where when we take that time, mm-hmm. your good's going to come from it. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. So that's you the You put them in the process. bank and now you need to withdraw them. Yeah. I wasn't praying for anything. Right. I was, I think I was making my bed or I forget what I was doing. <laughs> I started rattling off all these scriptures. And I'm like, well, that's kind of cool. I never did that before. And they just kept, they just kept that flowing. great. Not with the references because. <laughs> Sometimes I get those mixed up, but I could rattle off the scriptures. But let me just finish this off real quick. Um, I have the scripture in Hebrews ten twenty three. It says, let us hold unswervingly to the hope we profess for he who promised is faithful. Oh, yes. And so that's the whole child of the promise. I was telling Marianne, there is a... It is like by the best Christmas musical. And they only did it for one season. Stormy O'Martian and her husband... <laughs> Michael, Michael Omar. She kept calling him Marty Omardian a while ago. I'm like, nobody's that mean to name their kid Marty Omardian. <laughs> I couldn't remember his name. I'm telling you the best. It was like the best musical. Travel, they were on tour. The child of the promise. If you can get that CD, find it. It's excellent. Excellent. But he is the child of the promise because God is faithful. And so the very last thing I was going to bring up here is that we all know that the enemy is after our faith and the relationship with Jesus. And I put down here that the enemy is afraid of you. And I found this saying, he wouldn't tie you up in fear, emotions, hopelessness, despair, if he wasn't afraid of what would happen if you got loose. Mm, Now I remember putting that in the armor of God book and I'll read it again. It says that the enemy is afraid of you. He wouldn't tie you up in fear, emotions, hopelessness, despair, if he wasn't afraid of what would happen if you got loose. That is really powerful because he uses time, which we talked about. He uses discouragement. He uses disappointment. He uses despair. He uses our singleness. He uses financial situation. He can use those things to cause us to lose that hope. Mm Mm-hmm. And it can so happen in this time of the holiday season. And real quick, and I know I talk about my singleness. I want to bring it up because you used the word in the last episode. When we feel like we're despairing of something, I remember feeling despair. And sometimes Christmas will bother me when, no, not when I'm with my family. And I have a very big family. And sometimes that can cause heartache because it's like, I I don't have someone. And if there was a fire in the house, I'm not the one someone's going to come rescue. We'll go get the kids first. But 
those are the stupid thoughts that I have. But I think that when we go into that kind of despair, I was reading the scripture and uh, David said this, and this is where our living hope is when you get yourself into despair. Because I realized that when I was angry and frustrated with God that I wasn't getting married and time was passing and all of that, I had a choice to make. Mm-hmm. I could have stayed there or I could have said, you know what? I'm going to just trust. If this never happens, okay, fine. It never happens. It's really difficult, but I, I'll walk through this. And I'm through it, obviously. I travel a lot. Okay. It says Psalm 27, 13, it says, this is David saying, I would have despaired unless I had believed that I would see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. So David was dealing with something Mm -hmm. and he had to say, I would have despaired, but I chose to believe Mm, that I would see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. And as I was writing that up, the Lord immediately dropped Anne of Green Gables (laughs) into my heart. Favorite movie of all times. I can't watch it that much anymore because I recite it too much in my head. I know exactly what's going to be said. I've I've watched Which the whole version? thing, like the, the I original, for the original one and two. So that was seven hours worth. There's a part in there, and the Lord brought it to my attention. Anne would always say that she was in the depths of despair. Yeah. She'd be always like, "I'm in the depths of despair." And Marilla, pretty much adopted her, would always roll her eyes. And Marilla one time said, "The despair is to turn your back on God." Mm. It is, huge it is huge because that's what happens. And that's why I want to lead to the very final thing, that story from scripture that I will bring in here. And this is the last story that will close this up. I titled this the holiday of hope in the lost years because Christmas can bring this on. Mm-hmm. It's brought it on for me. It can bring it on. How did that happen? And how did this become like this? So I, I'm very familiar and, and please fill in because you know the story as well. The man at the pool of Bethesda, um, he was there for 38 years. I know we talked about him, I think, in previous podcasts. Yeah, one, we? Of the early one of ones. the early ones. Yeah. It's from the book of John. This story could go in a thousand different directions of why the man was there for so long. He was lying there for 38 years. Christine Kane, you know, I really enjoy her speaking, uh-huh. you know, and she's really good. She did a topic on this one time and she was laying on a mat on the stage. <laughs> really? And she just said, if he would have just scooted an inch or two every day, yes. he'd have gotten there far before 38 yeah, years. Yeah, you know? I think she we had the whole audience laughing, but I, I understand what she was saying. What was he doing in that time frame? We it, don't, we're not sure. Explain why he was laying there in case somebody's not familiar with the story. Well, he was his lying legs. There. He was paralyzed. And the thing was, that once a year the angel would come down and stir up the water and the first person in the pool (laughs) would get healed. Yeah, he said somebody always beats me to it. Yeah, and he can't get to the pool so that he can be healed. And so my question to anybody that's listening is, what have you and I held on to for 20 years, for 38 years? What, what, What is it that we had hoped for? When I was reading the story again, He is no longer waiting in hope, but then we're going to see he becomes a victim. Mm -hmm. And that's where I was trying to say what could easily have happened to me. I could have said, you know what? I believe that Jesus is the son of God and I will go to heaven, but I'm not serving. I'm not, I'm out. I'm out of here. This Mm -hmm. isn't, this isn't working for me. Mm -hmm. I could have easily said that. Mm -hmm. Okay. And been the victim of my circumstance. This man, Jesus asks him if he wants, he wants to be made well. His response is, I have no one to help me. Here's the son of God standing in front of him. Had he still had some kind of hope and knew who he was, even in the least knowing that Jesus was in the vicinity. Right. Because I'm sure the word of the Christ is around, you know, people hear that. Yeah. There was no reaction to that whatsoever. Hope was standing in front of him. And he's saying, I don't have anybody to help me. I wrote here, don't miss the hope right in front of you. And then Jesus tells him to pick up his mat and go home. 
and he healed him right on the spot. And I wondered how Jesus really thought by looking at him and say, buddy, your hope has always been here. He had so narrowed yeah, his there you go, go. idea of how yes. that healing was going to happen. He thought his only hope was in that water yeah. and getting to that water. Yes. Yeah. And what ended up happening is that I believe that Satan wanted his identity to be in his issue. Yeah. So now all of a sudden, his identity, this man in the pool of Bethesda, exactly what Satan would want for you and I to do, that our identity would be in our issue. Because the enemy of our soul is a liar. Mm-hmm. And he wants us to be a victim of our circumstances. And we'll never grow into the abundant life he has offered us if we remain the victim. And holidays can accentuate that. It can shine a spotlight on our hopes and our dreams that were crushed in our view. Yes. The things that didn't happen. Yes. And there's some hard situations. We're not pushing those aside. A lot of people have lost people Mm -hmm. even recently. This is going to be a tough Christmas. Mm -hmm. But what we're saying is not without hope. Hope is standing right in front of us. Yes. There you go. Mm -hmm. He's right there in front. You don't have to wait. You call out. He's right there. We have that hope is in Christ and he's right in front of us. We are more than conquerors. We're not the ones that have to lay their lame mm-hmm. and say, I got nobody to help. Yeah. We can rise above and say, you know what? This is a hard season right now. Mm-hmm. So maybe you make a few adjustments and it's not celebrated like it used to be, or mm-hmm. you just put Christ first and you don't have to buy all those gifts. And it can be different when things feel pressured, but it's not do the same old, same old and feel that heaviness. It can be so much more. And it can be like taking the spotlight off of yourself yes. and putting it on other people. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Yeah, you have a lot to offer. Go serve. That was yes, one thing exactly. I missed to do on Thanksgiving. I love to serve. The, somebody has something early in the morning, like a 10 o'clock, or and you can go serve people. Mm-hmm. I've done that so many times. I love doing that. Mm-hmm. So we're saying that there is hope. God said, I will restore the years that the canker worm has stolen. And then it goes on and says, and you will praise the name of the Lord, your God, who has worked wonders for you. God can restore the years. And even if it looks like there's no way that could happen. Well, you know what? He has a way Uh of restoring things. That's right. He can't necessarily replace with the exact same thing. Like if you've lost a spouse or something like that or a child, and this is your first Christmas, but he's creative. He can restore it in another way. And he can restore emotions. He can restore the heaviness of a heart. Right. He's there for the brokenhearted. He saves those who are crushed in spirit. Mm. That is who he is. He says, hey, I won't leave you. I won't leave you. I won't forsake you. He says, I have redeemed you. This is like one of my favorite. I think it's in Isaiah 43, one, and I've memorized this and it just because it's so rich. He says, I have redeemed you. I have summoned you by By name. name. Child, you are mine. He summons us summoning. I looked up that word. Summon means he calls you forth. When someone summons you, they're calling you Mm -hmm. forth. So when he summons you by name, child, you are mine. When you walk through the waters, I will be there. But then he says, when you walk through the fire, you will not be burned. The flames will not set you ablaze. Mm -hmm. So as hard as those storms are, and as hard as this, this Christmas season wants to be, you can turn it around. We all have the choice. You used that word the last podcast. Uh We all have the choice to turn it around. That's true. All of us. And we can speak life by speaking his word back to ourselves. All I just did was say those scriptures. I don't know the references. I look down. I don't know them off by heart, but I know those scriptures off by heart. And the one that I would always say, I will restore the years. 
Mm-hmm. I will restore the years. I know I always mention this, but it's true that having that eternal perspective and really understanding that this life is such a brief yes. little yeah, flicker, it a, is a, a flicker. vapor, James mm-hmm. calls it. It's like spritzing a little can of hairspray and poof, <laughs> yeah. it's gone. Mm-hmm. So, you know, we make so many things so huge about this life when really it's the life to come. That's right. Where all the needs are going to be met and mm-hmm. all the emotional fuzzies that we exactly. could possibly want <laughs> exactly. are going to happen. So <laughs> it's not pie in the sky. No, it's it, not. It is our sure hope. Yes. And you can always call his name. Yeah. You can always call his name. And if I can end this right here, Mm -hmm. this is a charge for all of us to worship him like you need him. Spend time with him like you need him. Pray to him like you need him. Speak his name like you need him and get in his word like you need him. And then as I was writing that, I heard the Lord say, put me in there now. Worship me like you need me. Spend time with me like you need me. Pray to me like you need me. Speak my name like you need me. Get in my word like you need me. Boy, that is huge. Is that good? Yeah. Recognizing that need and that he is Mm -hmm. the one that can meet it. Mm -hmm. It's huge. That's right. Worship him like you need him. Yeah. We all talk about it. This mm-hmm. is all that Christianese sometimes. And I, I'm sure I'm very guilty of it as well. But worship him like you need him. If we make it like him saying to you, hey, worship me like you need Marianne, me. Marianne, worship me like you need me. Luann, worship me. That is so good. That's like very practical. Me. Pray to me like you need me. Yeah. Because when we don't do those things, we're saying to him, I don't need I know, you. I don't. I'm just, yeah, it's the a flip fly of by, that. It's a flyby prayer. Yeah. And I'm very guilty of those. It's a flyby night prayer. You Instead know, of, I've never really thought about that, what we're communicating to him mm-hmm. by our blase approach yeah. to these things like worship and prayer. Yeah. And- when I was first writing those, I heard in my heart, change him to me. And I got tears in my eyes. When I can, I'm going to write those things down yeah. when I hear this. 70 times as I'm editing it. I'll probably have it memorized. (laughs) And I have this one more line, and then you end with something and then pray. Okay. I heard this line. I do not know who wrote it. Sure, I got on Facebook, but this is how I wanted to end this. Don't cut your God short. Cut him loose over your life. Oh, wow. You're like a vending machine of awesome quotes (laughs) today. Those are awesome. And then I added, because hope is alive. Yeah. Because hope is Jesus. So don't cut God short. Cut him loose over your life because hope is alive. And it's the only hope that it truly is unquenchable. Yes. Mm -hmm. All the other things we put our hope in are going to let us down probably at some point or another, including holidays. That's right. Okay. Well, I just looked down and saw one of the scriptures that I had written here that I'm going to use as our closing prayer. Wonderful. Uh, It's from Ephesians 1, verses 18 and the first part of 19. So it says... I pray that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened so that you will know what is the hope of his calling, what are the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints, and what is the boundless greatness of his power toward us who believe. God, please make that scripture come alive to all of us that our hearts would be enlightened so that we can know what the hope of your calling is, Mm. the riches of the glory of our inheritance that we have in you as your children, and the boundless greatness of your power toward those of us who believe. Thank you, God, for that promise, for so much in these verses, Lord. Help us to just 
embrace them, embrace you Mm -hmm. during this season. I pray and I ask it in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Well, Merry Christmas, everybody. Yeah, Merry Christmas. (laughs) Make this a holiday of hope. Thanks for joining us today. If this podcast encouraged you, it might encourage someone else too. So please share it and share some hope.